This is a hectic, hectic time of the year. Attending Christmas parties, shopping, taking family pictures, gift exchanges, on and on it goes. And all that is crammed into the month of December. And so I think it's good every year that we kind of just push the pause button and remind ourselves really what Christmas truly is. The great philosopher, the Grinch, said it well. And I just watched this about a month ago with my grandson, Perrin. And if you watch that show, as silly as it is, man, there's a lot we can learn from it. He said, maybe Christmas doesn't come from the store. Maybe it has to do with something more. And he's right. And I pray that you are discovering that more and more, especially as we are on this road to hope during the Christmas season. There's no one better to look to to understand hope and the message of hope than the shepherds. They're just out there tending sheep, doing their own thing, and all of a sudden, like red, white, and boom celebration in Columbus, Ohio on the river, if you've ever been there, the sky lights up and an angel reveals to them the hope of the world. And they are to deliver this message that they've heard about to the world. Talk about a great career change, right? And there's something we can learn from them, a few things. First of all, we can learn about a hope that brings excitement. Luke chapter 2, that very familiar Christmas story book, tells the story of the shepherds. Luke 2 verse 8, and there's something within here I never really thought of before. But it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. If I were to ask you all, you know, where do you live? What's the name of your city? What's the name of the town that you live in? In fact, let's do that. I'm going to count to three. And all at once, you guys say the city or town that you live in. One, two, three. All right, might be Brunswick, might be Medina, might be Wadsworth. I know there's a, probably 10 to 20 different places you all could say this morning that you're from. Now, if you were to approach a shepherd, you say, hey, you know, buddy, where are you from? Ah, uh, just out in the field. Just out in the field. They weren't close to any city. They weren't close to any town. Instead, it was just them and the animals. And so on the social ladder of success, they would have ranked at the very bottom, but not on God's list of economy. The first shall be last, the last shall be first. And so who better than the shepherds to share the good news that the Savior had been born, the Messiah, the one who would bring hope that they have waited for for so, so long. Verses 9 and 10 says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. What happens when a baby is born today? Well, even prior to it, the excitement builds, doesn't it? 
everyone wants to know what's going on with the baby. Now, parents, young parents have uh, revealing parties where they'll reveal pop balloons and blue confetti will come out or pink confetti will come out. Grandma walks around with a sonogram like you could never believe nowadays. Hey, you want to see my grandma? No, I really don't want to see that. But the excitement builds from that very moment. They've got good news. You ever imagine you're hanging out at somebody's house or two guys are hanging out and you say, hey, hey, man, they're watching a ball game. Hey, was that a baby I heard in the other room? Your buddy said, oh, yeah, <laughs> me and the missus had a baby back in July. We just haven't told anybody yet. It's not going to happen, right? Look at these two guys. Uh, it's Ken and Steve. Steve's not here today with their grandbaby, their granddaughter, Selah. This is posted all over the internet. You get on Facebook and put in one of these guys' names, you're going to get pictures like crazy of this little girl. That's the excitement that it brings into our world. But think about the Messiah the Savior of the world being born, and the excitement the shepherds would have had to be the very first ones to share that story. Crazy. But then on the other hand, I realize that Christmas can be one of the most difficult times of the year, even though so much excitement surrounds it. For some, Christmas isn't a time of excitement but it's a time of discouragement or even depression and darkness. For some, they're reminded of a divorce or a disease, some disaster that's happened in their life, or they're reminded of a loss of a loved one. Every ornament that they hang, every song that they hear is a reminder of the hurt that's inside. I am so glad that God does not require you and I to feel a certain way. We may look at each other and have that requirement, but God has no feel-good requirements. God will remain faithful in our lives, and God will bring you joy even in the midst of sorrow and even in the midst of discouragement. The faithfulness of God and people leaning on the faithfulness of God is all over our church. I could give you a lot of people who have gone through some very, very tough times and yet have remained faithful and carried the testimony of Jesus Christ in the midst of that. And one of the ones that I think of most often and the one that I'm closest to is on our staff at Northside and that's Faith Williams. Faith has gone through some tragic times of losing her husband, Mark, at a very, very early age. And I've watched her cry, I've watched her cry again and again and again. Uh, I mean, Faith has the gift of filling up buckets with tears. But in the midst of those tears, there is a very, very, very deep faith understanding that God loves her no matter what and no matter how she's feeling. 
But rather than hear from me, I asked her to step out on faith and share with you guys today uh, her story and her testimony during this time. Let's clap for her and make her kind of ease a little bit. As you will quickly realize, I'm not a gifted speaker, but being here this morning is actually one of the easiest things I have done as I get to share about a man I love and a savior who loves me. The hard part has been deciding what stories and experiences to share with you, as I truly could stand here for hours and hours telling you about my husband, Mark, and how much the Lord has taught me these past two years, especially through two small words, and yet. Jeff just shared how the shepherds were routinely tending their sheep when their night was interrupted by a message that created a career change for them. Likewise, it was exactly two years and one day ago when I was in the midst of my December routine of sewing Christmas pajamas for my family when my night was interrupted by a phone call that led to a career change for me as I went from wife to widow. Mark had died from a major heart attack on his way home from playing basketball that evening at the Y. I'm not sure the shepherds were looking for a career change, and I'm 100% sure that I would never have picked the path that I find myself on. And yet, within my mess, I hope you hear a message of hope. Before I share one of the many examples of God's goodness and faithfulness, I want to first be honest that this has been harder and lonelier than I could ever have imagined. There have been long laments and ugly cries, and yet our God can handle each question I ask, and he even collects each tear I shed. And please hear my heart as I share my story. I realize everyone has their own story, their own struggles and sorrows. Just as he chose me to walk this journey, he has chosen each of you to walk through your own storm at some point. And as much as we may want to gloss over or at least diminish Christ's words in John 16:33 that are clear and exact as he states, in this world you will have trouble. But the next part of that verse is where we find hope and comfort as Christ tells us to take heart as he has overcome the world. Even though I can acknowledge and agree with both aspects of that verse, I will still likely never understand a lot of the whys and I'm confident I'm not the only one who may not always understand his ways. It's especially during the uncertainties of life, whenever there are circumstances or events that we just do not understand, that I would tell my kids to always go back to what we do know, and that is the truth of who God is, that he is a good and loving God, and he is a God of hope. I knew immediately I was going to need to rely on his strength like never before to guide me, through this new life that no longer had Mark by my side, especially as we approached celebrating that first Christmas just a few weeks after his death. I knew I needed this loving God to help me, and I remember practically pleading with others to pray for my family as we faced that day, a day without Mark sitting in his usual chair, wearing his Christmas pajamas that matched all the grandkids, and all the other moments when his absence would be felt so deeply. As I woke up on that day, knowing in my head that there was a team of warriors praying for me, I honestly felt a bit defeated because my heart was still so heavy, and I just didn't know how I was going to have the strength to do Christmas without Mark. 
And yet, the Lord had such a beautiful morning orchestrated. I was sitting next to my daughter Maggie, just kind of staring out the window, and noticed what at first I thought was just a strange reflection from the Christmas tree lights, but then looked closer and realized it was actually a rainbow in the western sky. I don't remember ever seeing one in that direction in the early morning without any apparent precipitation even. I ran some landing, came over to the window, and just started sighing very deeply. Maggie suggested we go outside to look at the rainbow, thinking a slight distraction might help Landon's little heart. And that's when we all saw the intensity and the fullness. We breathed in the amazing beauty and the incredible promise of that rainbow. It was not only full and the colors vivid, but it was a double rainbow. We were all sobbing at that point as we all felt the closeness of both Mark and the Lord. Several people have shared different examples of seeing either a penny or a dime or a cardinal and how those sightings indicate a loved one looking down on us, which are such sweet sentiments. But the rainbow truly is a symbol of God's promise, and that did indeed give me the strength to step through each moment that day brought. The God who placed a star in the east in the night also placed a rainbow in the west in the morning. And every rainbow my family sees reminds us again of his goodness to us, and the grandkids are positive that every rainbow is a wink from their pap-pap. I do have story after story that I could share of the Lord teaching me so many, many things these past two years. I could tell you of lessons learned from a hike on Billy Goat Trail and the difference I now feel whenever I see white trucks. I've added words to my vocabulary like neuroplasticity and fisigy. I'm beginning to comprehend concepts like sorrow and joy being able to coexist, as well as assimilating quotes such as God permits what he hates to accomplish what he loves. I realized I had wanted the ordinary life with Mark to be celebrating our 39th wedding anniversary next Sunday, and yet I've actually been given the extraordinary. The pain is still so very real. And yet there is healing in the hands of my father, whose mercies are new every morning as he continues to make beauty out of ashes. I cannot deny the depths of my grief, and yet I also cannot deny the even greater depths of his love that he has so lavishly poured out during these past two years. And as I continue to realize I cannot change how my life is turned upside down, I am so thankful for a God who never changes and for the baby born in Bethlehem who changes everything. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking we need to have her speak once a month, huh? Thank you so much, and most of all, thank you for your heart, faith, and the willingness to do that. There's truth in the statement, when you hurt, you hurt. When you hurt, you hurt. So if you maybe can't get as excited about Christmas this year as you usually do, don't feel guilty about that. Allow God to reach you right where you are and minister to you, heal you, and love you. An interesting thing about the shepherds 
is regardless of how stressed they were, and I imagine they were stressed, how discouraged they were, how alone they felt, they were willing to take a vacation from all of their problems and all of their life situation and share the good news of the hope of the world and celebrate him. They said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And my prayer is that that would be the same for you in your heart, that you would still find room to celebrate the hope that God's given you. Well, secondly, and Faith kind of touched on this, this hope brings us purpose. It comes with a promise. The rest of the, some more of the passage from Luke chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, you may have memorized this at one time. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord, the shepherd shared. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, read this with me. Glory to God. There's something that happens in these well-known verses. It brings about a purpose, a promise fulfilled. Heard about a family that was celebrating Christmas, and each year they would have a birthday party for Jesus, and we do that at our house as well, but they had the candles lit and the birthday cake there, but every year at the table, they would have an empty chair reserved for Jesus, as if he was in their very midst as they would sing happy birthday to him. And one year, a visitor stopped by the house and celebrated with them, and he turned to the five-year-old daughter, and he said, hey, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas this year? And she paused for a moment and looked back at the visitor and said, no, but then again, it's not my birthday, so it doesn't matter. She's right. The purpose of Christmas isn't about us, but it's up to us to reflect and celebrate the true meaning of how God created man, and soon man became alienated from God by his own sin. Sacrifices were made to him trying to reach out to God. But nevertheless, God and man were separated as if they're on two different mountains, man and God, separated by the depths of our sin. And no matter what the Jewish people tried to offer up, no matter what prayer they gave, no matter what animal sacrifice they presented, there was always a feeling of emptiness there until God allowed his son to come and be born and to suffer and die on a cross. Back. The jump. Well, you saw it for a blink there. There it is. I love this illustration, and you can do this on a napkin with someone sitting in a coffee shop. Two mountains, man and God separated, the cross in the middle, and the death, the coming of Jesus, and the death of Jesus is what brings us the hope that we need. Even in the midst of our shortcoming, even in the midst of our sorrows, even in the midst of our guilt, we can understand the message, a Savior has been born. But little did the shepherds really understand what had happened. And the more I reflect upon it, no one did. 
not even Mary, not even Mary could understand that this baby born would be the savior of the world and offer the hope that he did. I want you to pause and listen to this special song. It's an old song, but wow, what a message it has. Listen. Sorry, technical difficulties. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you
a promise fulfilled, not just a baby, but a savior and the hope of the world. One more message from the shepherds, and that is a hope that brings opportunities. Luke 2, beginning with verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured these things up in her heart, all these things, and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. December itself, Christmas, presents so many opportunities for you and I to share the hope of the world, the message of Jesus. When you talk about a Savior dying on a cross and when you talk about a resurrection, people kind of shy away from that. But anytime you begin to talk about a baby, the hope of the world, there's a freshness, there's an openness of people's hearts like never before. People attend Christmas services and Christmas Eve services more than they ever would Easter, especially those who have no connection with Jesus. It's because of the baby, the hope that's there. That's why every year we give you invite cards and you have them again today just like you did last week. On your message outline, there's some downstairs on the table for you to take advantage of December. Take advantage of Christmas, especially the Christmas Eve service we're going to have on the square. I was, it was great this past week. I was on Facebook going through the normal things that I do and I've got several Medina Facebook pages on there. One of the ones is what's happening in Medina. And someone from the community just sporadically, have no idea who they are, said, who was it that had the Christmas uh, Eve service on the square last week with the candles? Are they going to have it again this year? And before I could reply, before I saw it, one of you replied, gave them the information, put a paragraph illustration that of our publicity of what's happening on the square. I thought, yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's what we should be doing. That's what the cards are about. January through February, or January through November, you don't hear much about Jesus outside of the church. But December, you hear it everywhere. I was in my favorite place again last night, believe it or not, Hobby Lobby. I talked to you about this last week, but I was there last night helping Brenna find trinkets to do some Christmas ornament with her kindergarten class. And over the speakers, silent night, son of God, loves pure light. Chances are you'll be sitting in a restaurant sometime this month and you'll hear the words, it's the night of our dear Savior's birth. He's everywhere especially in December, the message. I love what, again, this great theologian, Forrest Gump, once said. He said, if you go to the zoo, always take some food for the animals. 
even though the signs say don't feed the animals. It wasn't the animals that put them signs up. <laughs> the government may try to silence Christians. Businesses may try to say what we can or what we cannot say. But whatever you do, realize it wasn't Jesus who made those laws. It wasn't Jesus who put those signs up. You continue to speak of the hope that's inside of you, as Peter would challenge you. That Paul would say the hope in you is Christ in you. Don't shy back from that. Continue to reflect that to people. And I want to close with a poem by Lee Strobel, a poem that Lee Strobel received from a 24-year-old woman named Maggie that was in his small group. She had been abused as a teen, had a tough, tough life, but came to know Christ through this group. Listen to the words that she wrote and reflect about how they would be from you. She wrote, do you know, do you understand that you represent Jesus to me? Do you know, do you understand that when you treat me with gentleness, it raises a question in my mind that maybe Jesus is gentle too. Maybe he isn't someone who laughs when I hurt. Do you know, do you understand that when you listen to my questions and you don't laugh, I think, what if Jesus is interested in me too? Do you know, do you understand that when I hear you talk about arguments and conflict and scars from your past, that I think maybe I'm just a regular person instead of a bad, no good little girl who deserves abuse. If you care, I think maybe he cares. And then there's a flame of hope that burns inside of me. And for a while, I'm afraid to breathe because it might go out. Do you know, do you understand that your words are his words. Your face is his face to someone like me. Please be who you say you are. Please, God, don't let this be another trick. Please let this be real, please. Do you know, do you understand that you and you and you and you, you represent Jesus to me, Christ inside of you, the hope of eternal glory. Who is it around you that's saying, do you understand, do you know that you represent Jesus to me? Father, I pray that that hope burns deep inside of us, and God, that this season, especially as the world is open and searching for hope, searching for direction, God, we have it. We have it inside of us. It's your son, Jesus Christ. So God, as we depart this place today, on this road to hope that we have, God, may we share it with the opportunities that are abundant in the next several weeks. And God, all for your glory, all for your praise so that we can take more people to heaven with us one day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and sing.